This is Vermont Edition. I'm Jane Lindholm. And now it's time for Dorothy's List, VPR's book club for kids based on the books nominated for Vermont's Dorothy Canfield Fisher Award. Today, VPR's Amy Noyce takes us to Dover Elementary School, where students are reading the latest Newbery Medal winner, The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Students at Dover Elementary are trying their hands at making origami birds. Birds like these play an interesting role in Kelly Barnhill's fantastical novel, The Girl Who Drank the Moon. But the birds in the book are magical, and they can be both helpful and vicious. Sixth grader Trevor Gray starts us out with a question about them. Why did you choose birds in your book instead of other animals? We put Trevor's question and questions from his classmates to author Kelly Barnhill. So I really, really like birds. When I was a little kid, I used to watch birds and draw pictures of birds. I had a little tape player, and I would get tapes from the library of bird calls, and I would listen to it over and over and over again and try to be able to pick out the calls of different birds. And birds show up in my books in all kinds of different ways. Even when I'm not meaning to put them in there, I end up accidentally writing about a bird. So those birds showed up because that is that it's kind of my go-to place when I write fiction. Also, because making paper birds is such a cool thing to do. You take this flat piece of paper and you turn it into something three-dimensional, and then you can imagine it doing all kinds of things, flying away, pecking at the ground, or even, you know, maybe even attacking somebody. So I, I just really like birds. And that's Maybe not the greatest answer, but it's the answer I got. I put in birds because I really like birds. The book takes place in and around the Protectorate, a sad and gloomy village where the people live in fear of a witch in the woods outside the Protectorate's walls. Every year they offer up a sacrifice for the witch so she'll leave them alone, as we learn at the very start of the book. Here's author Kelly Barnhill reading the opening. Yes! There is a witch in the woods. There has always been a witch. Will you stop fidgeting for once, my stars? I have never seen such a fidgety child. Oh, no, sweetheart. I have not seen her. No one has. Not for ages. We've taken steps so that we will never see her. Terrible steps. Don't make me say it. You already know, anyway. Oh, I don't know, darling. No one knows why she wants children. We don't know why she insists that it must always be the very youngest among us. It's not as though we could just ask her. She hasn't been seen. We make sure that she will not be seen. But the reader soon learns what the people of the Protectorate don't know. Zan, the witch in the forest, is good. Each year, she rescues the baby that's left in the woods as a sacrifice and finds the child a new home in a happier place on the other side of the wood. She nourishes the children with starlight on their long journey. But one year, she's careless and feeds the child magical moonlight by mistake. So Zan brings the enmagicked girl to her home in the forest, where she lives with a poetry-reciting swamp monster and a tiny dragon. She names the baby Luna and raises her as her granddaughter. 
As you can imagine, these Dover students have a lot of questions for the author. Fourth grader Dylan Applin wanted to know more about the characters in the book. Why did you pick these characters? For the record, Dylan's favorite character is... The baby dragon! Barnhill says she doesn't exactly pick the characters. It's more that they pick her. Well, here's the thing. I think that that writers don't always pick the characters. The characters just sort of show up. That has certainly been my experience, that the characters just kind of show up. I I do a process of getting to know the characters and learning about the characters and kind of exploring the characters. But I don't know. I can't really say that I actually pick them. They just are the people who are in that story. Case in point is Glurk, the swamp monster, who Barnhill says was the first to come to her when she was out for a run with her dog. I had this experience before I had had any kind of idea for this book when I was out for a run and I had this sudden image in my head of a swamp monster and it had four arms and a tail and um, and eyes that moved independently of each other and wide damp jaws and it was holding a daisy in one hand and it was reciting a poem and it was so immediate and so completely transfixing that I just stood where I was. My poor dog was very confused as to why we had stopped running. And I memorized the poem that the swamp monster was saying, and I sort of ran it through my head a bunch of times. And I I ran home and I wrote it down on a card. And it was actually the last poem that appears in the book, the the one that goes, the heart is built of starlight and time, a pinprick of longing, lost in the dark, et cetera, et cetera. And I never changed it. It appears in the book as exactly as it was in my head that particular day. Barnhill says she thinks about her books for a long time and keeps boxes of little notes like Glurk's poem. Once that process is finished, then she starts writing. And Dover student Alana Bevilacqua wondered how much time that part takes. How long did it take you to write the book? Alana, I'm really happy that you asked that question. Every book takes a different amount of time. But this book was my very, very shortest. The Girl Who Drank the Moon took me only five months to write. So it kind of came out all in one chunk. The book that I'm working on right now, though, I've been working on for four years. So every book is different. Sixth grader Addison DeVault wanted to know if there would be more to read about the characters in The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Do you think you'll write a sequel to this book? I know that I will not write a sequel to this book. I have always said that I'm not a sequel person. I write standalone books. Now, I am working on a book right now, which I think is going to be more than one book. And so it will be the moment in which I end the no sequels rule. That rule may be ending, but for the books that are already written, none of them will have sequels. I leave it up to you, my dear, to write the sequel, and I really would like to read it. But that doesn't necessarily mean we've seen the last of this story, based on the answer to Dover 6th grader Callie Mola's question. If you were to make a movie, how would you imagine it? Funny that you should say that, because I was just this morning reading the early pages of a screenplay for this book. So Fox Animation has purchased the rights to this book, and so all of those wheels are turning. And I don't know where that's going to land or what's going to happen, but it's been kind of interesting for me to be part of these conversations because movies, it's, it's a language I don't speak. I'm not a visual thinker at all. 
uh, at all. And and so it's difficult for me to even imagine what it would look like as a movie. Barnhill says what she does know is that the plan calls for a hybrid between live action and animation. So, you know, the dragon would be animation and the swamp monster would be animated, but all of the human characters would all be played by human beings. It would all be shot in the real world and stuff like that, which I think would be very, very cool. So I can't say that I am even capable of imagining what it would look like as a movie, but I am really grateful that there are people who are thinking about that because it's kind of neat for me to start to see the book through somebody else's eyes, and that's really fun for me. I'm having a fun time with it. And if the production company needs helpers to make a flock of paper birds for the movie, they won't have to look any farther than Dover Elementary School. For VPR News, I'm Amy Noyes. The book is Kelly Barnhill's The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Special thanks to Dover Elementary School teacher librarian Fiona Chevalier. Next month on Dorothy's List, we'll look at the Newbery Honor book, The Inquisitor's Tale. The inn is packed. Butchers and brewers, peasants and priests, knights and nobodies. Everyone's here to see the king march by. Who knows? Maybe we'll see the children too. And that dog of theirs. I would really like to see that dog. I'm sitting on a waldy stool at a rough wooden table. It's sticky with spilled ale. We're packed in, shoulder to shoulder. So, I say, rubbing my hands together, does anyone know anything about these kids? The wanted ones with the dog. The table practically erupts. They're all trying to tell me at once. That was Brennan Ketchum reading from The Inquisitor's Tale. It's our next selection on Dorothy's List next month.